This is a preview of the sixth episode of Wes's subtext podcast. It was recorded back in November when we were fresh off talking about Freud and internal objects. You're going to hear about eight and a half minutes here from near the beginning. Some of that initial discussion about who Melanie Klein was and her contributions to psychoanalysis and object relations theory in particular. At this point, and honestly for the foreseeable future, the only way you can hear the entirety of this hour-long discussion is by becoming a Partially Examined Life citizen or $5 Patreon supporter. You can do that at partiallyexaminedlife.com slash support. You're listening to Subtext. I'm Wes Alwyn, and today I'm discussing Melanie Klein's Notes on Some Schizoid Mechanisms with Dr. Glenn Mowbray, psychoanalyst in Los Angeles and teacher at various psychoanalytic institutes. Thanks for coming on, Glenn. Thank you, Wes. Do you want to say a little bit more about what you do out there in Los Angeles? So I teach Klein, and I also teach infant observation, which I strongly recommend for everyone thinking of becoming a psychoanalyst to do and have that experience. Yeah, I think that's a good segue in for what we'll be discussing today. Babies. Melanie Klein, <laughs> yeah. She worked with children, and I think it was right, her, her observations of children and speculation about early infancy that led to the sorts of theories that we're going to talk about today. Up until that point, very few people tried to work with children. And a lot of Melanie Klein's theories are based upon her actual clinical experience, seeing how the minds of children as young as two and a half years old work. So as an innovator of object relations, where does she stand with respect to the um, various schools that, that are around today? One of the provocative things she did, Freud, for example, said that you could only psychoanalyze neurotics, people that had gotten as far as the Oedipus complex, which is where the first interjections happen. Up until that time, it was thought that kids younger than the age of five didn't have internal objects. Freud had a theory of object relations, but it wasn't very developed. Well, based on her experience working with children, Melanie Klein realized that children seem to have object relations from birth. So, in essence, she moved the timing of the Oedipus complex from about somewhere between ages three to four to five up to essentially birth. And that meant, suddenly, it was possible, in her mind, to analyze children. The other consequence of what Klein did was suddenly, now it was possible to analyze psychotics, people that are manic depressive, or we would call them bipolar now. So the primitive mental states suddenly became things to study with psychoanalysis. When Freud started, you couldn't do that. It was off limits. Yeah, so you brought up the subject of internal objects and Freud's not very well-developed Object theory. Let's say a little bit more about what we mean by the object. I think, as I said in our Morning Melancholia podcast, I think this really starts with Freud's three essays on sexuality. I think that's where we get him defining object as basically the object of libido or, or the object by which a sexual aim is satisfied. This very generic way of putting it. By the time we get to Melanie Klein, we are thinking more about the object of identification or introjection, I think. I would say, first of all, object means person, right? Right. That's what I was trying to... Yeah, by the time we get to Melanie Klein, we're talking about object as a 
as a person, not just in the sense of where the drive is sort of accidentally aimed at a person as a potential satisfier, but a person who at some level is perceived as such. Objects are people, and what we do is we take them in psychologically through fantasy, through unconscious fantasy. Freud basically had a two-track model where libido could operate narcissistically, a connection to the self, or with objects, with people on the outside, which makes sense. You know, you want to love yourself and you want to love people and you got to have all of that in a kind of a balance if things are going to go well in your life. So what Klein did is she sort of took Freud a little further. That's why in some sense she extended Freud. Some people think she broke from Freud. You know, it was so provocative to think, you mean young children are internalizing objects? That was a big deal back in the 30s. Right. As you mentioned, for Freud, the way in which objects were internalized in the beginning, right, it was with the resolution of the Oedipus complex and the concept of identification, in which at its most basic level, we identify part of ourselves with the object, and then we establish a libidinal relationship with that part of ourselves as a substitute for the object. So he first describes that in Morning and Melancholia and then elaborates that in The Ego and the Id. But in other places, Freud himself will talk of identification as even preceding a libidinal connection to the object. So very, very basic identifications from the, from the beginning of life that have to be there even for us to have an object relation to others. But then we get these terms like introjection or internalization, which I take to be more primitive, right, than what we would think of normally as identification. There are a lot of terms that try to get at this idea of how do we create a mind, and what is that? Is it internal images? What's the stuff that our mind is made of? The other piece is that when Freud, in I think it was 1923, wrote The Id, The Ego, and other works, he introduces the structural model. He, up until that point, he had developed different ways of thinking of mind, you know, conscious and unconscious, and it changed as his career went on. But he ended up in 1923 with the structural model of the id, the ego, and the superego. The ego comes out of the id, and the superego comes out of the ego. And it's the superego that's the site that we're talking about where object relations occur. It's your superego that's created when... It's built up of identification. Starting with mom and dad, according to Freud, but according to Klein, it's happening from birth. So this is where all these internal objects go. The good internal objects, the bad internal objects. You know, one thing I wanted to say, so this is the way I think about it, and this is, there might be some over-influence of philosophy here, because there are lots of different ways of putting this. We talk about the object, internal objects, external objects. And I think it might even be confusing to some listener that there are objects as opposed to just the object. Because the way I think I've described it on various episodes of Partially Examined Life and elsewhere is the object is sort of this internalization of a maternal image or an image of an early caretaker. There's an external object, which is the real person. And then the phrase, like, I carry you in my heart, might convey right. the idea of an internal representation of that external person. Right. 
you know, what we're talking about really is our representations, or we might even call them, if we're philosophers, we might even call them concepts, and they are, or schematics, they are representations which affect our future interpretation of the world. So, and then there's a ge- genetic account to how they are formed. So based on early experiences, we form these representations about what it means to have a love object that becomes a, a schematic through which future experiences are interpreted. But it's also something that is modified with experience. So we have objects throughout our life. They're just, as you said, people and people who are important to us. And they could be important for purposes of either love or hate, but it's typically both. And that modifies this, what I think of as kind of a master representation. You can think of it as we have multiple internal objects in the sense of different articulations of this schematic or this representation, but it all begins with a mother or an early primary caretaker. Exactly. All right, that's all you get. Again, if you want to hear the whole discussion and the whole of the five other Wes Alwyn subtext discussions, go to partiallyexaminedlife.com slash support to find out how to become a partially examined life citizen or $5 or up Patreon supporter. Now, I'm sure Wes will record more of these at some point, but so far, no new ones have actually been recorded in 2019. This was from last year, as was episode five. So unless that changes, there will be no independent subtext podcast, no independent subtext feed. The only way to get these will be through providing your support to what we do here, which, come on, you want to do anyway. Again, that's partiallyexaminedlife.com slash support. Thanks.